Hi there, and welcome back to Out There, a crypto podcast. I'm your host, Josh. Each week, I will be coming out with a new episode focused on a crypto that I find super fascinating and weird. And if you still don't know what a crypto is, it is defined as an animal that has been claimed to exist but never proven to exist. Cryptids don't have to be supernatural or mythical beings. Although many of them are, some cryptids have actually become documented animals. Make sure you go and follow the podcast on Instagram, at OutThereCryptids, and check out the posts I make for each episode and maybe send some suggestions you'd like to hear. All right, so I have to warn you that today's episode isn't very cryptidy. It's a paranormal story, but before you get mad at me, it has to do with dolls being possessed. I was trying to swing this as a demon story because I can get you to accept demons are cryptids, but for this one, it's a ghost story. But before you turn it off, you should hear this out because... It's very creepy and filled with some people's worst nightmares. It's actually a place where around 1,500 different dolls call home. Today's episode is about one of the most skin-crawling places in the world. It is the Island of the Dolls. There is no Weird Club segment today, just me. Let's dive in. Nineteen fifty, along the canals of Xochimilco, about eighteen miles out of Mexico City, a man named Don Julian Santana Barrera moved to an island in the middle of the canal. On one tragic day, a little girl drowned when she became entangled in the lilies. Don was unable to save her, brought her body up to the shore, and with her came a doll. Don held so much guilt over not saving the young girl that he took the doll and hung it in his shack. It was his way of showing respect for her and her spirit. And also, because he had this odd feeling that something was wrong. Shortly after, he started seeing her and hearing her, fully knowing she was already dead. Then he started to believe that her spirit was going to drag him into the water. This was just the beginning of his new life's work. Don was compelled to keep finding dolls and hang them up wherever he could. He would take them in all kinds of conditions and even trade some of his farm produce for them and as the years went on his tiny island became covered really only don's family and locals knew about the island but it wasn't until 1987 when the public discovered this mystical place a group of eco tourists were doing research on the water lilies in the area when they spotted dolls hanging from the trees but it wasn't until the early 2000s when the mass media caught the story. And it may be because the island really showed how evil it was when Don's body was found in the same spot as the little girl's. Apparently, he was fishing and had a heart attack. Rogelio Sanchez, the current island caretaker and nephew of Don, thinks that his uncle saw the little girl's spirit and had a heart attack and died, as if he was literally scared to death. I think the best way to go into this next part is to give you a quote from Regalio that he said during an interview. He said, It's not just the little girl spirit. It's the ancient ones too. They are a part of the dolls now. So you may be asking yourself, what are the ancient ones? And boy, does this get into some deep history. Let's go back to the early 13th century, when one of the most powerful empires known to man was still running most of Mexico, the Aztec Empire. One of the main things that the Aztecs were famous for were their highly advanced agricultural abilities and irrigation or drainage systems. One of these systems is actually what surrounds the island we are talking about. 
It's part of a canal system that runs from a very sacred place to the Empire. A place where the darker side of the Aztecs come out. El Cairo de la Estrella pyramid complex was built around the same time as the canals. It was the location of the Aztec secret fire ritual. Every 52 years, they would conduct human sacrifices here, offering the still beating heart of the victim to the gods. Under these pyramids are a set of caves that flow through the waters. It is believed that when the rain would wash away the blood from the rituals, it would go straight through into the water. Many believe this is why the canals harbor such evil spirits. I mean, we do know that the Aztec people to be pretty gruesome at times, which is just like every other civilization, but they were also very spiritually connected to their gods and to the earth. I mean, they were the ones who predicted the end of the world in 2012. But anyways, all this to say, it was only the beginning for the tragic history that filled these waters. During the Mexican Revolution in 1911, Zapatista rebels rampaged through Xochimilco. They set everything on fire and killed everyone they could get their hands on. Worst of it all is that they just left the bodies in the canals. So for years, human remains just decomposed in the waters and around them. And if there really were evil spirits in the waters, then this definitely just fed them more and more negative energy. Now, if you don't understand what I'm talking about, that's okay. We don't talk about ghosts here, really. But what you should know is that energy is a major conduit for spirits to manifest or make something move. And when tragic events occur, it is believed that negative energy is created, which sometimes never leaves. So there are some ghost hunting equipment terms that we should probably go over before we get into sightings and stories. The first one to know is an EMF meter. It stands for electric and magnetic fields detector. Like I was saying, energy is the source of a ghost power. So in some cases, this device will detect whether this is an abnormal amount of energy in one place without an explanation. What it was really made for, it was to make sure there aren't dangerous levels of this electric energy or radiation in the air. It's the same kind of radiation that comes from our cell phones in the microwave. Too much exposure can lead to various types of cancers, dizziness, nausea, and even hallucinations. Now, another device used is an average voice recorder, but what it picks up are spirits talking, known as EVPs, or electric voice phenomenon. These are widely used during paranormal investigations and really are highly effective. They are able to pick up things that our ears can't hear. Next is a thermal imaging camera that is used to see heat signatures or cold signatures left from a ghost. You know how people say the room gets really cold when a ghost is in it? Well, this device will be able to see that. And the last one to know is the IR camera. It is similar to the thermal, but instead it picks up light better than a regular camera. Sometimes the thermal and IR gets mixed up because they both do very similar things, but in the paranormal field, it makes a world of difference. Okay, so now that we have gone over history and ghost vocabulary, I think we should move into the sightings on this creepy doll island. The early 2010s, Tanya Morano from Mexico City was dared to go to the island by a group of her friends, but the dare didn't end there. She had to steal one of the dolls and bring it back as proof. Morano made her way to the island along the canal and surprisingly wasn't scared or nervous. That is, until she arrived. 
She says, from the moment she stepped off the boat, she felt strange, like a dark vibe. Then she started to feel as if someone was watching her, but it only got worse. She saw a shadow of a person by the shack. It was someone small, like maybe a little girl. Out of nowhere, she got the feeling she was under attack, so she ran back to the boat and paddled as fast as she could away. The whole time, she felt like the dolls were chasing her, away from the island. She refuses to ever go back. I should explain that the island is not on public land or a tourist attraction. It is private property, so you don't just take a ferry there. It's about a two-hour long boat ride to the island that costs about 1,400 Mexican dollars or roughly 75 US dollars round trip. Most people just cruise on by because they don't have permission to step on the island. But I am sure people do that even though they aren't supposed to, which probably would make some evil dolls mad. That leads us to our next witness story. Miguel Papalano is a canal guide and has been taking his boat trip to this island since he was six years old and Don Julio was still alive. But now he refuses to set foot on the island or even go near it at night. One time he was going with a friend to see the dolls they started to tie the boat onto the dock just as the sun started to set. But then, all of a sudden, the temperature changed drastically. On the island, they saw a warrior-like figure walking towards the main shack. So they hopped off the boat and walked down the path that the person walked along. But when they got inside, no one was there. Then, all of a sudden, there was a strong sense of dread, and their stomachs turned, and they both got visibly sick. They ran out of the shack and started vomiting uncontrollably. They immediately got back on their boats and paddled away. So this is kind of the first time and only time someone ever brings up a warrior-like figure. I would assume that the spirit is from the ancient Aztec days, but what this does support is the fact that maybe there is some kind of ancient curse on the place due to the rituals. It also isn't uncommon for people to get visibly ill after reporting seeing a ghost. It is believed that sometimes malevolent spirits can do this. Sometimes it, it is just them trying to take your energy or trying to show themselves, but others do it for a darker reason. Either way, this was the only claim of this warrior spirit I could find. However, there is another witness who may have heard something that would support this sighting. On the TV show Ghost Adventures, Zack and his crew talk with a local man who just 15 days prior was attacked and terrorized by what he believed was an evil spirit. He was hearing drumming like ancient rhythmic drumming. When he got closer, it grew louder and more aggressive. Then he said it felt like he was having a heart attack, and for five days after, he was unresponsive. When his family took him to get an exorcism, he says that he could feel the shaman take whatever energy was in him and let it back into the world. First off, imagine hearing that alone, hard pass, and then being almost killed by this entity, harder pass. This story does speak to the pure evil that seems to be radiating off of this island and in the surrounding areas as well. Now, speaking of Ghost Adventures, they did an episode on the Island of the Dolls back in 2016. It's season 12, episode 4. I'm not going to go through the entire episode and tell you everything that happened, but I'm going to walk through their investigation so we can take a look at some of their findings. 
But before we get into that, there was one odd thing that happened earlier in the episode. After speaking to a medium about the island, Zack had three little bruises on his arms. They almost looked like a child's handprint. Now, of course, he could have bumped it or some other natural cause, but you have to admit, it is creepy due to the timing of it all. The team started to experience activity immediately upon arriving to the island. Right as Zack says hola to Don, they hear something move on the island in the distance. It wasn't them because they hadn't even stepped off their boat yet. Soon after, they walk towards the house and they hear the sounds like a tin can rustling. But then, probably the strangest thing happens. Right where they were just standing, a fire pit is now lit with a raging fire. No one was with them. Plus, it hadn't even been long enough for someone to set a fire and let it grow before making an escape. After this, they headed to the main shack where the original doll is kept among us. They instantly hear some more rustling noises and then a cat hisses. But then right after that, one of the dolls starts to laugh. This creepy baby laugh. Zack and Aaron both freak out and try to locate which one of them is making the noise. But when they try to debunk what, the, what made the doll start to laugh, they hear a high-pitched humming or moaning sound. All of the dolls are too old and decrepit to have enough battery power to make their usual sounds. Once they figure out which doll they think made the sound, they turn it over to find exposed wires hanging out, meaning the battery pack was removed. So it's impossible for that doll to have made a sound. But then they hear a scream in the distance. Zack think it has to do with them being there, with the dolls, almost like a spirit wants them out, so it's trying to distract them. So after this, they leave the shack and head to an outdoor section where a lot of the dolls are congregated. Also, I forgot to mention another device used for paranormal research that is in this story. So the spirit box scans radio frequencies at a high rate of speed so that spirits can speak through it. So it'll sound like white noise until a voice emerges from it. Zack uses it to try and communicate with Dawn. They had it out, and Zack asked questions in Spanish, but no voices were coming through. It wasn't until Don's friend Pedro spoke did they capture something. Now, the translator told Pedro to give a thumbs up when he heard Don's voice, and right after, he tells Don to use the communication device, a voice comes through, says something very faint, but he immediately shoots his thumb up, and it kept happening. Pedro could hear his voice three or four times, and he could hear the speech patterns and intonations that were Don's. After this, Zack heads back to the shack, and when he's in there, he feels a hand run down his back. It was an icy, cold hand that ran down, and at the same time he felt that, he caught an EVP that said, I don't like her. Stupid. In English. Zack believes it was an evil spirit talking about one of the other dolls, and that's the end of their investigation. But it's not the end of ours. Now, let's move to another TV show. My favorite one, actually. That's right, my man Josh Gates investigated this island in his original series, Destination Truth. Now, before they get to the island, they talk to a paranormal researcher in the area named Hector Mendez, who explains to Josh and Jael that Don heard voices and singing that called to him in the water. 
which does sound similar to other people's experiences around the island, plus some of the evidence caught in ghost adventures. But the real scaries don't come until their investigation. When they get on the island, they make an offering to the spirit of the little girl. They bring her a new doll, light some candles, and hard candy. As they are laying out the offering, something in the water moves, and when they turn around, they can see the ripple from the commotion. Although it could have just been a fish, Josh and Jael are still freaked out by the timing. Next, they head into the shack. They pull out the EMF detector, and around one doll in particular, they get some abnormal spikes. Then, Jael says she thought she saw it blink. Josh gets really close to the doll and says, I swear to God, if this thing blinks, I will shit my pants. And as he gets very close, one of its eyes shoots open. But the evidence doesn't just stop there. Josh decides that every member of the team will sit in the shack for 30 minutes by themselves with no equipment to see if any spirits reveal themselves in any way. Gabe, the cameraman, went first, and nothing happened. Jael was the same, nothing. Josh went next, and while he was asking questions like, are you a man or woman, he heard a loud bang on top of the roof. Last person to go was Mike, the audio guy. He sees something outside the window. It was a dark shape that covered a small amount of moonlight when it passed. He hears more noises and says that something is definitely outside, whether it's a ghost or an animal. Then on an IR camera near the water, there is a strange white light that flies by. Mike hears some more noises, one sounding like a scream and others were like tapping sounds. Then he starts asking questions. The last one he asks is, is the island a good place? Then, all of a sudden, it sounds like the roof is caving in. He screams and leans away from the noise and runs out of the shack. He says that something was being dragged across the roof. Josh goes to check with a thermal to see if there's any animals around or if any of the dolls are giving off hot spots. Most of them are blue, which means cold, but then, Right over Mike's shoulder, it looks like a heat signature of a humanoid figure standing right behind him. Then, when they are looking more into it, multiple dots of heat appear in the distance. One even starts to move, but then they just disappear. Now, when they get back to LA to review their evidence, they find that they did catch an EVP during Mike's session. That sounds like it says, leave. And as if that wasn't crazy enough, during Josh's session, they caught the same voice saying leave again. Josh talks to Steve and Tango from another hit ghost show called Ghost Hunters to get their opinion on the evidence they caught. And they both agree that the EMF is unlikely to be anything natural due to the time of night and the fact that the tree wouldn't be able to keep the heat in that late. Now, Josh did have a chance to somewhat investigate the island again, many years later this time with his crew of Expedition X. Phil Torres and Jessica Cobot go to the island and talk with the now owner, Rogelio Sanchez, who is the nephew of Don. While they were talking with him in the shack, Jessica has a very visceral reaction to being there. She gets goosebumps and become physically uncomfortable, and then all of a sudden just leaves. She starts to cry and she can't stay anymore. Rogelio says a lot of people feel like this, he believes it is the spirit of the dolls or the little girl draining energy. 
But that wasn't it. Chris Corsello, the assistant cameraman, says that he was looking at the recording screen and at the same time, Jessica had her reaction. The camera just stopped working. Now, of course, this could just be a technical difficulty, but the cameraman and the executive producer have never seen anything like this in the 15 years they've been working in the business. The camera is apparently very reliable and would never just stop like it did in this case. Plus, it just seems too odd of a coincidence with the events that were going on at the same time. But now comes the investigation. Jason Hawes from Ghost Hunters and other shows joins them in their investigation. Jessica and Jason go straight to the spot of the deaths. As they are talking, they hear splashing in the water, but there's nothing there, not even a ripple. So they head over to the shack where the original doll is, but when they're making their way over, they hear whispers from the trees. Then Phil, who speaks Spanish, joins them and conducts an EVP session. They hear knocking around them. When they are going over the tapes, there is one voice. And to Phil, it sounds like it's saying, Ayudame, which means help me in Spanish. After this, Jessica is on her own in the shack for 30 minutes. She gets a shiver, and then all of a sudden, one of her lights glows brighter, to full power. It was right after she asked, is anyone here? She then asks in Spanish for them to turn off the light, and just when she thinks it won't happen, it surges again and dims for a second. Phil comes to take the light out, just in case it's a bad battery or faulty wire, but the activity just changes. She starts to hear tapping behind her, and on the camera, you can see shadows moving behind the, on the wall when she is clearly sitting still. And then one of the dolls starts to move. It's hanging from the ceiling, and it is the only one moving back and forth. But as if that wasn't creepy enough, while she is investigating, the moment, the movement, one of the dolls starts to talk. It says, Mama, in a raspy, low voice. Like, worst case scenario. Actually, I don't know what is worse, a doll blinking or a doll talking. Either way, hard pass. Now, there was one more thing that came from this episode that will actually transition us nicely into some possible explanations. So, while Jessica and Phil were visiting the caverns under the Aztec Pyramid in Mexico City, Phil talked about ethylene, which is a natural gas that can be dangerous if consumed in high doses. It is sometimes caused by fissures in limestone, which there happens to be a significant amount of under Mexico City. Breathing in this gas can cause dizziness, nausea, hallucinations, and even loss of consciousness. So, while they were also on the island, Phil uses an underwater camera to see if he can find gas bubbles in the water that could indicate high levels of those gases. But also, while he was doing it, there's a figure in the water he believes it was just a doll, but it was unclear and he couldn't find it again. Anyway, when the tests come back, they do reveal there are levels of gas that are higher than normal, but not enough to cause hallucinations. But still, maybe this would account for why people have such strange visions and feelings on the island. Maybe even Don had them due to always being there. There's another piece of information that wasn't in the TV shows. Apparently, some people in the family came out and told everyone that Don had made it up, the whole story, and was just dealing with mental health issues. Now, this could be true, and people's imaginations just took over after seeing, you know, creepy dolls everywhere. 
but it wouldn't account for the amount of activity captured during each investigation. Throughout history, dolls have been linked to the supernatural world in many ways. In ancient Egypt, small wax figures or effigies that were meant to contain supernatural powers were widely used. In ancient Rome, they used them to communicate with the gods, and then of course there are voodoo dolls from many different religions or cultures from parts of the world. And like I mentioned before, there are even modern day examples of haunted dolls like Annabelle, Harold, or Robert. It's hard to say what kind of capability a doll has to harness an evil spirit, but the question is still unanswered, like so many others in the supernatural world, that we may never get an answer to. Just like in the cryptid world. See, I'm tying it all together. As for me, I do believe that the Island of the Dolls is haunted, whether it be an ancient curse or a little girl who wasn't ready to die. There are too many pieces of evidence that can't be answered, and even when one is, another question comes up. There isn't enough gas there to make people have a reaction, although that did really sound like a plausible theory. But even if it isn't haunted, this place is creepy, and I think I'd be okay never seeing it for myself. So what do you think? Are haunted dolls really out there? We are on Instagram, at OutThereCryptids, so make sure to follow us and tell us all of your thoughts on the cryptids we cover and what you'd like to hear next. It would mean a lot to us if you go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. It's a great way for others to find the podcast and enjoy, just like you. One week from today, I will be covering a broader topic that may make you wish you never watched Jurassic Park. Living Dinosaurs. See you next week. This episode was written and hosted by me, Josh, with logo design by Jason Sykes and theme music from purpleplanet.com.